Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Chronicles chapter 29, Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, uh, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel. How about in the back? What comes next? First and second, amen. First, second Samuel, first Chronicles. Second Chronicles. What's next? Ezra. What's next? Joshua, Judges. All right, amen. Got to know the word. Come on, guys. Got to know the word. First Chronicles, not Corinthians, Chronicles. Um, Chapter 29, King David is getting ready to... Uh, He's speaking in front of all of Israel, and he says this blessing, and I just want to kick off a new series uh, today with uh, this powerful um, topic and uh, point and truth about God. In verse 10, let's read it. It says, Therefore David blessed the Lord before all of the assembly, and David said... Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory, and the majesty. For all this is in heaven. All that is in heaven and in earth is whose? Yours. Yours is the kingdom. That's a little K in kingdom. He's talking about his kingdom, not the kingdom of God. He's saying, my, everything I own, my kingdom is yours, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from, come on, y'all reading? Y'all come, he comes from you, and you reign over what? All. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I? Who am I? And who are my people? That we should be able to even offer so willingly this to you. For all things come from you. This is our scripture. For all things come from you. Somebody need to hear that again today. All things come from you from you. The clothes on my back, the shoes on my feet, the money in my bank account, the breath in my lungs. Am I making it up? Is this what your Bible says? For all things come from you and of your own we have given back to you. For we are aliens and pilgrims. Aliens means temporary agents before you as were our fathers in our days on earth are as a shadow and without hope. Now we just last month talked about our identity, our vision, and our purpose. And I love it, and one of the, getting so many great feedback from that message, a series of messages. I wanna expand our understanding in a series of messages on stewardship called God Owns It All. God Owns It All. Come on, say that with me. God owns it all. This truth and this, these series of messages could change our life forever. It's going to align our perspectives and our intentions and our hearts back to the way that God intended us to be. 
This is a discipleship series. It's a stewardship series. So I know we're not going to be that excited, but when you see what it's going to do in our lives, amen, you will get really excited. Amen? Father, thank you for your word. We receive it today. We have ears to hear. Give us ears to hear what your spirit would say, and we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. You may be seated. It's an honor and an awesome privilege to have my mom and dad, especially my dad here today. Thank you so much for your prayers. And uh, dad spent a a day and a night and two days in the hospital, had a little scare with his heart. Uh, But God ended up helping him, not only giving him his health and back out here again, uh, hooked him up with a new doctor and some new meds and some new, uh, a new plan to help strengthen him. And he's got a big birthday coming up here in, in uh, a few weeks, in a week, amen. 74? 74. Dad would be saying. <laughs> amen. Thank you for your prayers. Prayers work. Amen. God is good. Amen. So God owns it all. When we surrender uh, everything, we really adopt this mindset, church. Listen, it's going to do two things. When we quit looking at the Lord as just being our Savior, which I don't want to say just, but many people will acknowledge Jesus as their Savior. But there is something that happens when you begin to look at Jesus Christ as your Lord. That's what David is talking about. And when Jesus is your Lord, you will begin to believe that God owns it all. And you will realize that, and it will change your life. It'll do two things. One, it'll set you free. There is freedom in knowing that God owns it all. Some of us are driving our loved ones uh, crazy because we're trying to control things that we have not the ability, the know-how, or the power to change because we don't own it. Some of us have so much stress and anxiety in our life because we're trying to change things and we're trying to be the owner. This will set you free if you will learn and if I will learn, continue to learn, to surrender this to the Lord, that all things belong to him. It is him that owns it all. He's the owner. He's the owner. I'm the operator. He has created everything. He is the creator. Everything we see in this world, from the beauty of the skies and the beauty of the, I love nature, I love being outside, I love walking the trails and and just being, this time of year is one of my favorite, is is spring when everything's coming back to life that was buried under snow and was frigid cold, but yet again, God put in place this earth and seasons and times way back in Genesis that God says, as long as the earth will continue, so will seasons and times continue. And the Bible says that the heavens declare the glory of God. How many love sunsets? How many love sunrises? Okay, let's just see. How many are sunrise people? How many are sunsets people? Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Amen. (laughs) It's awesome. God created both. And isn't it something that when you stand there, you can't help? I hopefully that you will, well, that ought to humble us when we see the things in nature like that because God put them in place. In Romans chapter one, it says, because of the things that are created, his eternal power and invisible qualities are seen clearly, being understood by the things that are made so that men are without excuse. 
So every single day when you see the birds and, the, and all these beautiful things about nature that's all around us, you know, and, and the little things that may irritate you not, no, those give glory to God. The Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. The planets, the stars, everything God put out there in the book of Job, he talks about it. Even in the book of Genesis, he talks about why did he put all of that out there? Because he knew that this day we would develop the technology to get a big telescope and be able to see out there and and say wow isn't that amazing that who did that God did that we don't even understand why that is but God did that God put all of that together he put our earth together that spins at 24,000 miles a second and that's just on its axis with a gravitational pull right in the center that is strong enough to hold a giant skyscraper in place but yet delicate enough to keep an ant from flying off the planet who did that God God did that. We try to, you know, people are trying to say science. And science used to be something we used to help understand something. Isaac Newton saw the apple fall from the tree, and he wanted to know why that happened. That's what science used to be. But unfortunately today, science is just camouflaged as a term to try to manipulate people and cause people to believe in something that's not there. Science isn't our God. God is our God. I'm not anti-science. But science changes. Remember when science said it's okay to smoke on an airplane? Science changes, but God never does. He created the heavens and the earth. God did that with the power that he has. The, the intrinsic value that we have as human beings can spend another hours on this, on just the body, on how our minds and our brains. You know, we have more neurons in our brain than we have stars in our galaxy. Well, we look to the stars and we go, man, I can't understand why God made all of those stars. And Wow, there's so many. You've got more neurons in your brains than there are stars in our galaxy. It's almost like God said, you think that's awesome. I'm going to put all of that right into your brain. When I was in the hospital in 2017, I had a surgery, surgeon come in, and it was awesome to be surrounded by There were so many Christian doctors and surgeons, nurses and nurses. They, by the way, I want to give a shout out to the nurse that's supposed to be watching today, Nurse Dave from St. Joe's Hospital. Hopefully you're working, brother. Thank you for taking care of my dad. Let's give him a shout out. Dad preaches the gospel everywhere he goes. Amen. You're going to bring him some medicine or something, he's going to bring you the gospel. Amen. But I'll never forget, I had a surgeon when I was in there for my surgery, and he come in, and I was recovering, and he come in, and uh, it's a surgeon, white coat guy came in, and he just, they knew I was a pastor, uh, and so they would call me pastor, but he came walking right in and he goes, how are you feeling, pastor? I said, I'm feeling better. He said, oh, it's amazing that God made our bodies to function the way that they are. Then he broke it down into some, I don't even know what he was saying, but he just began to go. I was like, I would love for him to come and stand on this stage and tell you what he told me. He just began to give God glory for how the lymph notes are, are in different areas of our body and that our bodies are made to function like this. And it just goes on. He says, the more I became a doctor and studied the human body, the more my faith increase in a designer and a creator. I love what Ray Comfort and Kirk Cameron says. They go on the streets all the time. You can look them up on YouTube. It's called uh, Rivers Waters or something like that. Look up Kirk Cameron. You remember him from, from the sitcom? And uh, they go and they minister the gospel and they always say this, I can prove God exists in 30 seconds. And they have all these little techniques and they'll get a book and they'll say, look at this book. Uh, 
do you think that someone wrote this book? When they go, yeah, obviously, I believe someone wrote that book. The pages and, and all the words and all of the pictures. Do, do you think someone did that? Say, yeah, common sense. Yeah, why? Because I can see that that is there. He says, that's the same way. If you look around, that is God. If there's a design, there has to be a designer. Well, two rocks didn't slam together, and then we've got perfect neurons in our brains that can receive and have conscience and reason. And we have the ability to, to talk and to reason and to communicate. We have feelings. We have a conscience. I mean, if you go on and on and on. To say that two rocks, which we don't know came from, slam together, and we have this earth spinning like I just told you. Everything is in perfect harmony and order because of an accident. That's like saying you can walk through these woods right here. And over billions and billions of years, you'll find this iPad. This is the same logic that they're teaching our kids. And I'm not hating on science. Science has its place. But science isn't God. But this is what's being taught. And some people don't even understand, but this is what you believe. You believe that you can, just like you can walk through the woods and see this computer sitting there on and ready to go. Facebook open saying, what's on your mind? with a little vine and a leaf hanging out, because their God is time. Everything is over. They just stretch the time out. You know, it's now millions, it's now billions, of, and people go, oh. Well, if you use those neurons that God gave us, you can say that's insane. I'm here to tell you it's insane to believe that there's not a creator. That's why David said, oh God, everything in heaven and on earth is yours. And I'm just here telling you that there is freedom and there is Favor, that's the second thing that you will find in your life, not only freedom from the stress and tension of trying to figure everything out. Some of us are losing our ever-loving mind, and as I said, driving our family crazy because we're trying to fix things we weren't intended, nor are we capable of changing. Because God is the owner, we are the operator. Secondly, if you will live this way, church, as as. Looking at God as being the owner, you will gain favor on your life. And can I tell you the power of favor for just a moment? I would rather have favor than all the money in the world. I would rather have favor than all the money in the world. You can own a Fortune 500 company and be on the Forbes list and be, be the richest man in the world. But if I'm in the janitor pushing a mop bucket, but I got the favor of the Lord on my life, my life will go better than you will with all of your money. That's favor. That's why David said, I would just be a, a doorkeeper in the house of God. He didn't want to be king. He was fine being a shepherd boy. Why? Because he had the favor of God. Favor is what will bring blessing into your life. Favor is what will bring increase into your life. Favor is what will open up doors that's been shut for years. Favor will take your marriage to another whole level. Favor will turn the attitude around in your children and in your coworkers back onto you. And you won't even understand why. When you learn to walk in the favor of God. It's favor, 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 baby, favor, 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 favor. Okay, I had to say flavor, flavor, get that out. Need a big clock today. Favor, flavor. What's he talking about? Look it up. Favor. Flavor's good too. Last week was about the seasoning. Where's Nemo at? Seasoning guys, he got his scripture verse. Favor, church. How many need more favor? I could preach all day on favor. The angel came to Mary and said, Mary, you are highly favored. 
You are favored. You're not educated. You don't know everything. You don't got everything perfect and lined up, but you do got the favor of God on your life. And because you got the favor of God on your life, God has chosen you to carry the Messiah. How much more proof do we need, by the way? I was thinking of this. Our whole time is, is based around Jesus Christ, B.C. and A.D. I mean, God has just given us proof everywhere we look if we would just see it. Why is this so important, Pastor Eddie? Because how you see God, write this down, how you see God determines how you live for God. If you are the owner of everything you have, then God will receive tips, he will receive compliments. He will receive your attention when things get rough, when things get tough. But God is that thing that we have. It's like having a phone with apps on it. If Jesus is just an app, then you will open them whenever you need them. You put them back away when you don't need them. But I'm here to tell you that your perspective will change if you will believe that God is the owner of everything. He will go from being an app to the operating system of your phone. What is an operating system? An operating system opens your apps. Everything is funneled through the operating. That means you'll raise your kids the way God said to raise your kids. So when I say stewardship, everyone thinks money. Oh, here he comes. I'm talking about money is just a small part about being a steward. Steward, we are told to be stewards of everything that God has given us. Our time, God has given us our time. We are to be stewards of our time. All of us have the same amount of time in a day. It's, the difference is how we steward the time. You can't make more time. You can't create more time in a day. God is that, he's the maker. But we are to be stewards of our time, of our talents, our gifts and talents and abilities. We've been teaching this on Wednesday night, how there's a difference between natural abilities and spiritual gifts. But you know what? They all come from God. But we are to be stewards over them. We are to be stewards over our money. And also, I'm going to go further with this, and, and probably in April we'll get to this, when we talk about our bodies. Do you know our bodies? We are to be stewards over our bodies. Our physical I'm going to talk about sexuality. God has given us our sexuality. And we are to be stewards over our body, both physical, emotional, and spiritual. You are a triune person. You are a trinity. St. Patrick's Day is coming up. Do you know who St. Patrick was? He was a missionary in England who used the three-leaf clover to teach on the trinity of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. What do we do in America? Shrink him down to leprechauns and drink green beer. And people lose their ever-loving mind. It has nothing to do. He was always using nature to try to tell people that God owns everything. And he is three, but he is three in one. But you know what? You are three in one. You, have a, you are a spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul. And you live in a body. I'm going to break that down in, in weeks to come. Your relationships are a gift from God. Men, your wives are a gift from God. I need to say that again. I don't know. Husbands, your wives are a gift from God. Now, if you're sitting next to your wife, you need to lean over and say amen. That's the best thing Pastor Eddie's ever said. Come on, somebody. Preach. And here we go, women. Your husbands are a gift from God. They get on my ever-loving nerve, they do this, but they are a gift. They are a gift from God. I'm going to turn this into a marriage seminar real quick, getting some looks. Hallelujah. 
They are a gift from God. On and on and on. But I want to give you here in this passage, in staying in this passage, I love to just kind of unpack what's here as I set up this series. We're going to talk about how to manage our time and our bodies and being a good steward of all, because we want the favor of God in our life. And it will shift your perspective in life. It really will. That's what I love about the Bible. Every time you watch online, every time you come to the service and you hear the preaching of the word, and let me just say, every time you read your Bible on your own, you know what I love about the Bible? You know what it does, the number one thing it does, is it, not to go too deep theologically, but you know really what it does? It shifts your perspective. That's what it does. It looks at your misery and says, God can make a ministry out of your misery. You see that? He, he can look at your problem. He won't make your problem always go away, but he'll shift your perspective to that problem so you don't just see a problem, you see potential. David and Goliath. Goliath wasn't just a giant, he was a door. That once David defeated that giant, a door opened and he was able to walk into his destiny and be able to be in the kingdom. Perspective changes when you read the word of God. Your perspective, your situation may not change, but your perspective will change. Every time, if you allow yourself to let the Holy Spirit speak to your word, and that's a big one when we make God the owner. So the first one, the first thought that will, is a major truth in this is that, is that number one, God is the owner. Again, it helps us understand who we really are, our identity, our vision, and our purpose. I am not the owner. He is the owner. He is the owner. And we say, well, Pastor Eddie, there's some things I do own, I must, I must tell you. I own my home. I built my home. I did it myself. Well, that's very good. Amen. I trying to get out here and get my own home in Belleville for a long time. Amen. It's, but let me tell you something, that even if you are a believer, though, you may earn it, you may work hard for it, you may earn it, but if you are a believer, God owns it. Is there a scripture for that? There actually is. Hebrews 3, 4 says, Every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. What? There's a scripture about that? Yes. There's a, there's a scripture about that, that God owns us. So, you know, even in the Bible, we do it today when we dedicate our house. This building, we dedicated this building back to God. But you know what? It was God's in the beginning. We wrote scripture up there in the chapel on the floor. You know, why did we do that? And why did we pray over this? Because it already belonged to God. Yeah, but we were doing that ceremony because it acknowledges that we are shifting our perspective to saying, this isn't my building. This is God's building. So we dedicate it unto you, Lord. Ask for your blessings and favor to come because I've given it unto you. Mother's Day is coming. We'll have baby dedications. Bunch of little girls. Amen. And what do we do that for? We are acknowledging that our children are a gift from God. Do you know? I'm going to show you that in Scripture. Your children are a gift from God. Some of you have 13-year-olds and you're wanting to give them back right now. God has a no return policy until they're 25. That's the fine print in Leviticus. Some of you are like, what? Yeah. 
But we have a dedication service. Why do we do that? Because what we're doing, it's a ceremony simply saying, God, we acknowledge that our children are a gift from you and we are just simply dedicating them back to you, that your favor and your blessing would be upon them. Thank you, God, that you have given them to me, but now we dedicate them back to you in Jesus' name. Amen? Let me just show you. God is the owner. He's the owner of all things. First Corinthians, you know, we love to say, my body, and I'm going to get into some stuff here, but this, listen, this is culture, says, my body, my choice, right? My body, my choice. I have the destiny of my body. I can understand a little bit of what that means, but do you, when you are a believer and a follower of Christ, the Bible says this, you are not your own. You've been bought at a price. I've been bought. Who bought me? What you talking about? You're looking at it with a Western 20th and 21st century perspective. I'm telling you, your perspective has to shift here in a moment when you realize God is the owner even of our bodies. Who bought me? Jesus Christ did when he died on the cross. Don't get offended. Get liberated because you know what? He's in charge. He's in charge. He is worthy. He owns it. He can do better with my body than I can with my body. So God, this is your body. I'm giving it back unto you. I'm giving it back unto you, Lord. I don't own myself. God owns myself. Whatever I do to my body, I'm going to pray about it. People ask me all the time, you know, about tattoos and things like that. And I know in the day we're living in, tattoos back in the day, man, if you, you had a Man, you get in trouble. A lot of it was focused on the exterior rather than on the interior. But still, what never changes is when I'm asked about that, I say, you know what? If you, are you a believer? Yeah. You take it up with the landlord. Have you ever rented a home? Will your landlord let you put up a Christmas tree in June? Christmas lights out front? What if you want to knock the porch down because you don't like it? If you're renting that place, you ain't going to do it because you don't own it. Yeah, Pastor Eddie, was it has everything to do with what we're saying. God owns my body. You pray about any changes you make in your body. You need to pray about before you get in that marriage. You need to pray about before you get in that dating relationship. You need to pray about all these things you do with your body. You also need to treat your temple a little bit better. Praying that God will give me a healing, but we eat twink, Twinkies at 6 in the morning all the way to 12 and I'm saying, I, I know food is the, you know, unpartable sin. Don't you dare mention food in the pulpit. But I'm telling you, our bodies belong to God. Man, is it hot up here? That's the Bible, right? Therefore, glorify God in your body. So you just take it up with God with whatever you want to do. You want to cut your hair? I said, God, should I have a mullet? Should I bring the mullet back, Lord? And he answered my prayer. <laughs> and I hate it, but you know what? At first I did, but now I love it. I own it. I own the fact that I got it. I own the fact that he's the owner. He decides what. You get what I'm saying? God, if we really live this way, church, that God is the owner of all these things that, that we fight each other over and we debate over and we get ourselves in knots emotionally and everything else over these things. If you, this is freedom when you say God owns all this. You need a healing in your body? It's God's body. Say, God, I need you to heal your body. 
So he says to anoint with oil and ask for God to heal the body. And he goes, he talks a lot about the healing. He has made it, he has made it available for us because it's his body. My money's my money. Know what Haggai 2a says? God says, the silver is mine. The gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. Whoa, I work hard, Pastor Eddie. I got my job, and it's my, my money that bought me that car. It's my overtime that got me that apartment. I don't even rent no more. I got my own house. I know it sounds good, and, the, you know, work is in the Bible. We should be proud in having a, a good work ethic. Absolutely, we need to do it. Let me get to that in a minute. But God is the owner. In fact, God said in Deuteronomy in chapter 8, he said, when you guys start getting blessed and you get into the promised land, you came from slavery in Egypt when you didn't have nothing. I'm going to bless you. If you, will, if you will follow me, I will bless you. And when you do, he says, remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Remember, and then he goes on to say, don't dare say it was your own hand that did that. No, no, no. It was God that did that. It was God that helped me have the, the energy, the strength, and the breath in my body to work my job, to buy my car. Amen. You see that? I mean, it shifts your person. If you don't do that, if we don't learn to give God praise, it turns to pride. Always. Just think of, remember this illustration. If I don't give God praise, it closes in and it turns to pride. And everything below it is just all me, me, me. This was Saul's problem. It was my my this, my that. David, he says it right here, Lord, everything I have, even when I give back to you, it's giving back to you what you've already given me. This will change our life, church, when we learn to live our life like this. I know it's not we're going to get up and run the aisles in this message, but it'll shift and it'll change your life forever when we realize that God is the owner. Okay, so God is the owner. Then what's my role, Pastor Eddie? Well, I'm glad you asked me that. Number two, I am the steward. You are the steward. You're not a person that borrows something. That's not what a steward does. A steward in the Bible is one who is entrusted to manage the property of another. Two words there, entrusted and managed. God made it, I manage it. God made it, I manage it. God owns the house, but we can't say, God, I want you to send an angel down here and cut this grass. Cut your grass, it's for everybody. We have to manage it. One of the big things you'll notice when you become a renter to a homeowner, <laughs> you really gotta manage it. You really gotta manage it. It's so exciting to be able to have that own house. You know, I remember when we first got our first house and got up that Saturday morning, made me some, some breakfast, some bre you know, bacon and eggs and had a wonderful morning. It was my house, amen. Finally got my house. I can wear whatever I wanna wear I can. <laughs> It's my house. How many know what I'm talking about? That feeling. And then all of a sudden, the gutters start sagging. The porch starts leaning. Melinda starts saying, honey, I know you're a praying man, but somebody better get out there and fix that gutter. We look like we live in this house. And you know, God said, and I began to think about that. God gave me that house. He owns it, but he gave it to me to manage it and to be, to be a good steward of the house. That's what we do. We are. He, he owns it. He made it. We manage it. He made it, we manage it. Remember that old song, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, I will. 
Okay, back it up. This is the day that the Lord has made. He made it. I will rejoice and be glad in it. He made it. I choose to rejoice in it. He made it. I manage my emotions. I manage my joy. God gave us his joy. It's his joy, but you manage it. No one can steal your joy. It's not yours for them to steal, but you can let them take it away. You can, you can mess your focus up, not be a good steward of it. Amen? But entrusted is the other word. Entrusted, what does that mean? It means that we, to assign responsibility. God gave us our children, but he assigns us responsibility. He's given you your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your husband. You don't own them. God owns them, but you do own how you treat them. In Peter, he wrote and said, husbands, if you mistreat your wives, it will actually hinder your prayers. I, I didn't write it. I, I'm being a steward of what God's given me. This ain't my church. I have your time right now, so I'm a good steward. That's why I'm not going to sing a whole lot. I'm going to give you the gospel truth the best I can, how I read it and how it says. If it rubs us the wrong way, that, that's the truth of God. If it comforts you, if it strengthens you and encourages you, amen, good. But I gotta be, I'm a good steward over everything God's given me. I have to be. Same way with us, with everything that you have. How you treat your spouse, how you treat in that relationship. That relationship is what you are entrusted with. Do you, do you cherish your wives? Do you cherish your husbands? I mean, it would fix so many marriages and relationships if we would just really look at it like this. That God is the owner and I'm a steward. You get the best results depending on how well you steward. You are responsible for it. If we talk to our husbands like they're the joker instead of a king, we're going to get a joker instead of a king. If we talk to our wives as, as a joke, which you should never make fun of your wife's decision because you're one of them. But if we will talk to our husbands and wives as the kings and queens as they are, you will get the best of them. You will get the best of them, I'm telling you. You will get the best of them on how you steward it. We fight all the time. Well, what are you putting in? This is so simple, guys, but it it is shift and change so many things in our lives. Well, let me make it easy for you. Well, it's, it's pretty a lot of pressure there, Pastor Eddie. I can't do all these different things. We'll make it easy for you. Then we're closing. There's only one requirement for a steward in the Bible. Corinthians 4.1, Paul said, let a man so consider us as servants. Paul the apostle looked at himself as a servant. And stewards of the mysteries of God. I love mysteries because you can't figure it all out. Back, uh, uh, way back there about creating the heavens and the earth, I don't understand how he did it. I love Hebrews 11.3. By faith we understand how he framed the worlds with the power of his word. Faith will get you unstuck every time. Faith will get you unstuck. That's for somebody. But he does say this. Moreover, it is required, if I say required, in stewards that one be found perfect, blameless, pretty, good looking, has a mullet, educated, 
has a lot of things to be a steward over. Tall, short, black, white, male, female. Faithful. That's it. Faithful. You just got to be faithful with what I, If you look at me as being the owner of the house and you're a steward of the house, just be faithful with your house. Be faithful with your money. We can't tithe and give God his 10 and then use the 90 to go spend it on at the casino and ask God and expect God to bless us. This, this has changed our life. I'm telling you. Being faithful. There's only one requirement. Being faithful. People ask us all the time, Pastor Eddie, you know what? The church and what God has done, 20 years of ministry this year. Man, what's your secrets? What happened? And they're waiting for me to say this big thing. There were some things we learned and we changed and we did along the way, but we were faithful. Moms and dads, your kids aren't serving the Lord. What do I do, Pastor Eddie? Be faithful. Be faithful to live it in front of them the best you can because your kids don't do what you tell them, they do what you show them. That's an hour-long seminar right there that'll change your life altogether. I'll bring my kids to church every week, Pastor Eddie, but at home, but at home, but at home, talking about who on the way home, talking about who upstairs and doing this. And I'm telling you, they don't do what we tell them, they do what we show them. Being a good steward says I may not be perfect, but I'm gonna be faithful. And if I need to vent, I'm gonna shut the door. Me and my wife are gonna go for a walk and I'm gonna talk about you know who, about who, know what. And then I'm gonna give it to God and God's gonna handle them because God owns it all. Last point, uh, worship team can come. This is so powerful though. This could be an hour by itself. So God owns it all. I am the steward. And then David ends by saying this. Let me give it to you first. This life is temporal. He says in verse 15, we are here only for a moment. Visitors and strangers in the land as our ancestors were before us. Our days on the earth, they're like a passing shadow, gone soon without a trace. I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said, if you look through history, you'll find that the Christians who made the most difference in this world were those who thought most of the next. David is saying, God owns it all. I'm just a steward of what God has given me. And what helps me not to take it out of God's hands and fight everybody over it and get all in a knot over it is because I realize, you know what? I don't, not only do I not own it, but this is all temporary. Really, when you think about it. Only the things we do for God will last for an eternity. No one gets to heaven and goes, I should have bought that 54-inch TV. (laughs) That one Super Bowl, I couldn't even see it. The sound was messed up. Lord, can I go back? You know what? I should have got those Adidas. Pastor Eddie had those Adidas on that Sunday, and I'm a Puma guy. No one has ever said, man, Lord, let me go back and let me just taste that one latte that Miranda serves in the stream. Isaac gets it all the time and it looks so good. I'm being silly, but I'm telling you something. None of us are going to get to heaven and think of any of that. None of us are going to get to heaven and think any of that. None of us are going to get to heaven and think any of it. 
So why do we think so much about it now? Why do we fight one another over it now? Why marriages are all over the place? Why and relationships are all out of whack? Because we're not spending enough time and we're not nurturing this. And we think adding more is going to fix it. Adding more is not going to fix it. If you would just be a better steward of what God has given us, you'll be amazed at the turnaround in your relationship. Amazed in the turnaround in your money. Amazed with your joy. Amazed with your peace. If we learn to just say, God owns it all. I'm just a steward. Come on, stand to your feet with me today. God is the owner. I am the steward. You own it, God, so I'm not going to stress about it. And and, and that thing about me owning, I just got to be faithful. Faithful with my body. What do you want me to do with my body, God? What do you want me to do with your money? What do you want me to do with my time that you've given me? How can I glorify you? I'm going to be faithful with it today. close our eyes and focus in on the Lord right now if you're in this place and you say Pastor Eddie first of all I've got to surrender my life to him because you know it's all it's been about me I do what I feel like doing I do what I want to do it's all about me today's the day is a good day to say you know what let's shift that today I surrender my life to God and I'm going to start making him my Lord instead of looking at him at a savior when I get in trouble he's my Lord he owns it all I wonder if there's anybody here watching online or in the the building that would say, I'm going to make God my owner. Would you bow your heads right now? I want to do this. If you're in the building and say, I want to make God my owner, with every head bowed right now, just raise your hand up. Say, I want to make God my owner right now. Amen. I see that hand. I see that hand. Amen. I want to make God my owner. Amen. Come on. Lifted hand. Lifted hand. I've I've been running the shots, but I'm going to make God my owner right now. Amen. Lift it up. Lift it up. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You can put it down. Hallelujah. Those of you that are watching online, if you need to surrender your life to God during a time like this that we're living in, unprecedented times, we're tempted to just jump in the driver's seat. And it's, we all do it. I'm telling you, let Him stay in that position and surrender it to Him, give it to Him. Ask Him to forgive you of all of your sins. Come into your life forgive you and change you and from this day forward you will follow him well amen and amen i pray that message was a blessing to you that you receive some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the lord that's our prayer at river of light that every time you tune in and god speaks directly to your heart well this is pastor eddie again just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every tuesday a new message is uploaded Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people. And you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.